I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 78 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Bubba Wheat from Fight Club Minute. Welcome back, Bubba. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. That is true. It's it's almost the end of February. Wow. We're we're getting close. We're getting close. See, today is theoretically the last day of February, but there's still, you know, this this year it's a leap year, so there's there's one more coming tomorrow. <laughs> so minute seventy eight begins with a shot of the newspaper article and ends with George continuing to talk to Harry. So yesterday we ended things with uh, George being very proud of his brother and uh, showing the newspaper to Ernie. As to you know, the the fact that Harry is coming back a a war hero, who has just won the Congressional Medal of Honor, and you know the we, we once again get to continue to see the the headline itself, <laughs> and then Ernie looks at it and says, "Ah, it's gonna snow again." <laughs> and George looks at him and goes, "What do you mean it's gonna snow? Look at the headline, the president." I know, I know, George. That's marvelous. You know, and as yeah, I, as, I love Eddie just giving George a hard time about it. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Um, and as we're as they're talking, we see we can see in the background Mr. Gower, you know, comes towards them. Uh, you know, we we haven't seen Mr. Gower in in quite a while, but uh, you know, he he looks like he's in even better shape now than he was the last time we saw him. The last time we saw him was when you know George had just gotten the. Uh, briefcase from him you know so he was he was in better shape at that point uh you know from from when uh you know in 1919 after his son died so here we're talking it's been 20 26 years since his son died uh 20 yeah 26 years since his son died but but he he looks you know uh his suit looks nice and tidy and and you know but it it what's funny is, is that uh you know George is wearing a coat because of all the snow on the ground, it must be cold. But Mr. Gower just walks out with a suit jacket, you know. So I guess for him, it's just uh, coming out uh, just for a few seconds, and then he goes, "Commander Harry Bailey." And George looks over at him and goes, "Oh, Mr. Gower, look at this—the second page. Now look, this is for you. This is for you. That's for you." He starts handing out the the newspapers to everybody, uh, you know, as they're. Uh, you know, as they're walking by. And yeah, so, you can see that he's got a big stack of papers. Yeah. yeah. So he's got uh, giving them to everybody. That's right. Well, it's only five cents a paper. So, you know, <laughs> I guess he's, he's able to do it because of that. 
that's not a problem. And we, we can also see that George has like a wreath on his uh, on his arm, which is uh, it's funny that he he's like carrying it like a um, you know like you you would catch a a ring or something like that on your on your arm. So I, I I like that that little added touch there showing that. And and then uh, Ernie Ernie says back to him, right? Thanks, and goes see you again. And then he starts walking away. And as he's walking away, we see him walk past. I guess you could say it's the town hall. Uh, you know, sorry, he walks away, and then we we see a shot of uh, of of Uncle Billy. Sorry. So George. Yeah, walks, I've, I right. actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I actually made that mistake too because the way that it's cut, it makes you think that it's uh, George walking past. That's right. Uh, but it actually switches to Billy. Yes. And I didn't. <laughs> I think I watched this a couple times and didn't even realize it until now because uh, later on, whenever he turns, you can clearly see that it's Billy and Oh, this George. is definitely. And this is definitely it doesn't have the, the wreath. Yeah. Correct. And, you know, I mean, we see in the distance there's a podium and there's a big sign that says, Welcome Home, Harry Bailey. And above that, there's a picture. I mean, that's a huge picture. That's like a picture that's the size of, of, of like an entire story of, of the building. You know they they really went all out uh, to to create a a you know a picture for this uh, uh, I guess this reception that they're going to be having you know and you know then there's there's a you know then then we hear Uncle Billy say be sure to spell the name right <laughs> <laughs> which is 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 pretty funny I mean I, I again I I like the fact that they you know, they sort of trick us and superimpose Uncle Billy here as, you know, we since we thought that it was that it theoretically, you know, uh, should be George. You know, based on the continuity of the way things are. And then uh, Uncle Billy salutes to uh, someone uh, that, that drives by in a Jeep, you know, and, and starts chuckling to himself. So I don't know if he really is, you know, a, a soldier that he's saluting to or not. And then in the background, we see a building which says on a telephone exchange. So I guess that's, uh, you know, that, that's, that's the phone company. <laughs> um, and then uh, Uncle Billy starts uh, humming as he continues to walk. You know, he's, he's in a very good mood. And he's also right in front of the... Is also right in front of the sign that says you are now in Bedford Falls. That's so correct. I'm, I'm guessing that this is right by the the city limits. That's, that makes sense and doesn't make sense at the same time. It makes sense that that's what it should be. But this is this looks like the the mm. main the main avenue like the downtown area. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe downtown Bedford Falls is is so close to a different town that uh, you know the the marker goes down the line between the two. So it's an interesting place to have that sign. You know, if it were to just say, you know, okay, um, you know, Bedford Falls, all right, fine. But the fact that this is you are now in Bedford Falls. That's they, I think they wanted just to remind us that we're in Bedford Falls. I think that's what it comes down to. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and then the shot changes and we see George enter the uh, the building alone and you know he walks in wreath first even though we see that there already is a wreath uh, hanging maybe he's taking it maybe it's to bring home 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's a, the wreath hanging on all, all three outdoor windows that he walks past. Yeah. And obviously he's got a huge stack of newspapers. Now, do you think he has the same number of newspapers in his hand that he did before? This, I feel like this looks like more than what he had by a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I what I counted was is that he had seven uh, newspapers in his hand beforehand. And now as he's walking in, that stack looks larger than seven. You know, it's hard to say exactly how many there are. Uh, even when you put it in freeze frame, maybe I, I would, my guess would be there's at least 10 there. It's possible that he picked up a few along the way because it's not as if the camera followed him the whole, the whole way through. You know, we do know that, that, uh, yeah. you know, we, we had, we, we saw Uncle Billy a little bit. So it's very possible that George, you know, had time to stop and get more, to get more newspapers on the way. And, you know, as he walks in, he goes extra, read all about it. And then Eustace says, George, George, it's Harry. Now on long distance from Washington. He goes, Harry, what do you know about that? He reversed the charges. It's okay, isn't it? Reverse the charges? Of course it is for a hero. He takes the phone and goes, Harry, you old seven times of a gun. Congratulations. How's mother standing it? She did. What do you know? Mother had lunch with the president's wife. Wait till Martha hears about this. What did they have to eat? What did they have to eat? Uh, Harry. <laughs> So, I mean, the conversation between uh, Eustace, Tilly, and and, uh, and George is, is, is pretty funny, the way that it uh, moves along here. You know, because we see Tilly is is basically listening in on the conversation also. Because <laughs> uh, I guess she is the secretary, but she's, uh, you know, uh, watching the whole thing. Now, th they mentioned here the idea of a collect call, right? Do, do you know what the official term of a collect call is? Um. I do not, and and I did think that it was interesting that it was uh, like I uh, the fact that they refer to it as reverse the charges, where these days, well, I mean these these days you don't even really think about collect call at all because with cell phones you basically long distance costs it doesn't cost any more than anything else so it's not like you have the long distance charge like you did back in these days correct but even like in the 80s and 90s it was always referred to as calling collect and then here they they keep referring to it as uh you know a reverse charge right well it, it's actually called a reverse charge call that is the term for it you know so it only it, it uh, you know you you only were able to do them when you were making an operated assisted assisted call. So nowadays, because as you said, you know you you have cell phones and everything's computer based and stuff like that. Um, you know there are ways of doing it, but it's it's a lot more uh, complicated, and it, it costs more to do a quick call. Because then you need to, to to find a way to to get to an operator in order to be able to make the the uh, uh, you know the the person to person call this way. Mm -hmm. Now here here's a trivia. Yeah, I remember in the '90s, it's, the way you would do it is like if you were on a payphone. I I believe you could 
dial zero to get the operator and you could do a collect call that way and then there was also uh, att um, had their uh you know 1-800 call att that you could use to make a collect call mm-hmm. exactly i mean i i think it was jim O'Kane when he was on the the show at some point maybe it was even this season i don't remember when it was it where he basically was talking about the fact that uh yeah you'd make a call and say uh you know who who is the call coming from and saying pick me up at the roller skating ring or something like that you know <laughs> so that yeah yeah you have to say it quickly it's like uh dad pick me up from the roller skating rink exactly and then and <laughs> you'd say do you accept the charges no and then you just hang up and go pick them up that's right um so do you know uh what day of the year uh are there the highest number of phone calls in america uh, i mean i, I want to say like the i would imagine it would be christmas day Nope, it's actually Mother's Day. Ah. Okay, and and what day has the most collect calls? Hmm. <laughs> Based on that, is it Father's Day? It is. <laughs> that is a very, very well-educated guess. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> do, do you remember a popular movie where someone tries to make a collect call and it doesn't work? Uh... Sorry, he tried. Sorry, no, a movie where it. someone has to make a collect call because he doesn't have enough money to make the phone. Call. I, it, it's not. I'm sure I've. I have a strong idea that I will recognize it, but I cannot pull it out of my memory. Okay, right so now. the answer is uh, Doctor Strangelove. In Doctor Strangelove, there is a character who wants to call the president, uh-huh. but doesn't have enough money, so he needs to make a collect call. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, as the, this whole scene, you know, plays out, you know, you have George come into the into the office. He hears that Harry's on the phone. Eustace is talking to him. Eustace gives him the phone. Or George starts talking to Harry. We don't hear uh, Harry's side of it, obviously. And basically, he, he uses the term son of a gun seven times. Do you have any idea what that means? <laughs> no, I... I don't know what that means. Okay, so the, the, this actually goes back to early 1800s because the British imposed something called impressment. So any ship that traded with, uh, with the French was considered an, an enemy, so they would steal the supplies and capture the crew. And therefore, they impressed the crew into, the, into their own navy for life. And uh, these guys then needed to become sailors and uh, were never allowed to step on dry land again. So if these men were married, so the British would be willing to bring the wife aboard the ship. And if the, the woman was pregnant, they would place her on the gun deck near the cannons so that when she would start having the contractions, they would fire the cannons to make her push to have the baby. And then when the baby was born, it was called a son of a gun. This is, is hmm. obviously a, uh, uh, you know, th- this is not a positive com- uh, <laughs> connotation. You know, the, the the way that they would treat these people is just is not very good. But it it was fascinating to actually read the idea that that's where the idea of son of a gun comes from, came from. You know, I, I don't think having having been in the delivery room uh, enough times, <laughs> I, I don't think if uh, firing cannons would be able to help. Uh, you know, I think it would just I think it would have made my <laughs> wife even crazier, <laughs> which is maybe what they were trying to do. I, I don't know. You know that that could be. I I think the idea is that the the loud noise would surprise yes. them, and that's that would you know force their body to 
contract and, and surprise. Correct. But the question is whether they were doing that to, you know, to try to help or not. <laughs> You know, was was that being done in a yeah, in a it, helpful it is, way or? <laughs> yeah, and I I do think that that's interesting to to know that it came that originated as more of a derogatory term because I I feel like I mean these days it, it's kind of passed out of usage but in I feel like in the the sixties and and there it was generally used at least I want to say it was generally used as a uh, more of a positive. Term. Well, I don't know. I always think of "son of a gun" as just a polite way of calling someone someone "son of a bitch" or something like that. You know, that, that's what I would. Yeah, I, I always felt that there was a bit, at least a little bit more of a positive spin on it, though, because I I feel like it's always like you know, "son of a gun," like it's. And in my memory, I always hear it as, as you know, said as usually like in surprise, but as a positive surprise rather than a negative surprise. Right. Okay, that, that's fair. And then George finds out that, uh, you know, from Harry that uh, their mother had had dinner with the president's wife. So do, do you know who the president's wife was at the time? Uh, no, I do not. She's not one of the, the more well-known First okay, so it's uh, Bess Truman was born in on February 13th, 1885, and passed away on October 18th, 1982. Was she is still the longest living first and, and second lady? You know, there there's not a single wife of a president or a vice president that lived longer than she did. She lived for 97 years and 247 days. Wow. Um, you know, she she didn't really want him to run for vice president and. Uh, was not happy when he won the presidency. And she spent most of the time uh, out of the White House. She spent most of the time in, in their house in uh, Missouri. They were living in Independence, uh, Missouri during the, the time that, uh, you know, during the time that they were, uh, that they were there. And, you know, the, the, I, I always find it very interesting, this conversation, the way this conversation is going. I mean, again, we have Tilly on one phone. We have George on another phone. We have Eustace asking him questions. You know, it sounds like it's very confusing. The whole thing, and and just looking at this scene reminded me of you know the, the the game that we all used to play as kids, telephone. Okay, do do you know what the official name of that the game telephone is? Um, no, I've I've always heard it as telephone. Although uh, surprisingly, I, I I've been watching, um, been going through Red Dwarf, and. There, there was an episode in series uh, ten, I believe, where they they talk about the game and they uh, refer to it as like Chinese telephone or. You're very close. Um, it was Chinese That's right. something. It's called um, Chinese Chinese whispers. Yes, Chinese whispers, and they were discussing about whether or not that name was racist and. Uh, they were talking about it between the different automated uh, vending machines. And uh, they they asked the uh, the Chinese vending the Chinese food vending machine whether or not it was racist, and then it eventually came back through another vending machine. But the the answer was to a completely different question because it had you know it it had gone through the game of telephone and uh, had changed. Right. So th- there are a number of of re- of uh, uh, of I guess reasons that were suggested as to why the game is referred to as uh, Chinese whispers. Nobody's no 100% sure. Okay. One of the things they say is that it could be that, that uh, because the, the British were so fascinated with Chinese culture in the 18th and 19th centuries, 
So they decided to name the the game after after the Chinese. Another theory is that uh, uh, apparently there were confused messages created when uh, you know when they would pass messages between the different towers on the Great Wall of China. So they said, okay, that that maybe you know it's the, the idea of of Chinese whispers. For those who are unfamiliar with Chinese whispers or with the game telephone, the idea is you have a group of people that are usually sitting in a circle or in a row and one person thinks of 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 a uh, uh some sort of phrase and they tell the next person the phrase and that person passes it on and the idea is is that that by the last person who gets this phrase they're going to hear something completely different you know because everyone has to say what they heard and you can only say it once and things like that so uh you know it's uh it, 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 yeah, it's 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 i was actually game. surprised because they you know uh, you know that kind of happens recently in in the Barbie movie <laughs> where uh, Barbie is at the board you know the uh, uh, office of Mattel um, their higher ups and then she says can I tell you by whisper and so she whispers to the person at the edge but I believe in in the movie that there is no miscommunication he actually does gets the correct message through even though everybody's whispering ear to ear on down the road mm, interesting okay now there there are variants of of the the game that are that one of them is called rumors have you ever heard of that uh no i don't think where the I, where the purpose of that is, is you're supposed to change one or two of the words on purpose and then see what the eventual outcome will be you know, and then you see that the the game, the you know the the first phrase was turned into something else, and then there's another one, uh, which is known as Majan Secrets, or Broken Telephone, where the idea is to it it it's using free association, meaning when you hear a word, so what's the next, what's the first word that comes to mind, and then it's the idea that okay, how does that uh, travel through the the course of the game. Yeah, I've also seen there's like a, a video trends that's, I mean, I don't know how popular, but it's it's a similar game, only instead of, you know, speaking a message, you are drawing on a paper on somebody's back, and then you'll have a row of three or four people, and then they draw what they feel on their back, and so that it goes on down the line for how many people and of course the person at the end is drawing something almost completely different than what's uh, started oh wow interesting but I, I guess you need to have people there that that, that actually you know know how to draw <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i wouldn't be invited to that i definitely do not know how to draw not my forte but that's pretty much the way that, that the minute ends do you, do you have anything else you want to say about this minute um i did uh notice a couple signs in the background there's uh we got a red cross sign um there on the uh, job always on yeah on the job always and then a uh war chest sign that you know carry on for our fighting forces our own at home our suffering allies give and then it's uh it it said war chest and then uh above and you know above the war it says victory um yeah only later on you can see the the actual thing here right no, because it took because the war is now over. So that's why they put uh, you know they plaster victory over the idea of a war chest. So that makes sense. And and throughout this minute, we see this this uh, conspicuous man just sitting on the bench waiting patiently. And at certain points, you see his his fingers uh, 
you know, tapping on on the briefcase that he has there. But uh, uh, we'll get more into tomorrow as to who this man is. Who was that masked man? Uh, all right. So do you have anything else you want to say about this minute? No, that's all I got. Every Wednesday, we have a segment called It's a Wonderful Wednesday, where the idea is that ever since this movie came out 77 uh, years ago, the premise and the idea of the movie has been used and reused in many other uh, uh, venues uh, uh, over the years. The the idea that, that a character, you know, what would happen to them if they're if if they didn't exist? Or something similar. I've I've used different types of variants throughout the the course of the show so far. Uh, some of them are you know uh, what ifs for the future, and some of them are what ifs for the past, and things like that. Um, and and each time I try and find something that that uh, uh, might be somewhat related to my guest, if if possible. And since I know that that Bubweed is is a music fan, I decided that I was going to choose uh, a a music video for for this one. The the video itself depicts what would happen if a character uh, w- was no longer alive. You know, he, he the character wants to commit suicide and and uh, before uh, before he's he's able to take care of it, uh, before he's able to do it. So, you know, he basically is is, uh, is stopped and is shown what his what the world would be like without him. Okay, so uh, anyone who who knows about my music taste knows that I am a very big Billy Joel fan. I know I know that Bubble knows this. This is a song that that actually came out on Billy Joel's greatest hits, and it was one of two songs uh, on his greatest hits that was never shown before. So I always found that really funny that you know that he would put two songs on his greatest hits that he you know that they weren't on any other albums beforehand. So I'm just going to quickly go through the the, the, the lyrics of of this uh, song, and then we'll talk about the the video itself. So the again, the song is 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 called uh, uh, Second Wind. Uh, sorry, it's it's called You're Only Human, and then in parentheses Second Wind. So it's you're having a hard time, and lately you don't feel so good. You're getting a bad reputation in your neighborhood. It's all right. It's all right. Sometimes that's what it takes. You're only human. You're allowed to make your share of mistakes. You better believe there will be times in your life when you'll be feeling like a stumbling fool. So take it from me. You'll learn more from your accidents than anything that you could ever learn at school. Don't forget your second wind. Sooner or later, you'll get your second wind. It's not always easy to be living in a world of pain. you got to be crashing into stone walls again and again. It's all right. It's all right. Though you feel your heartbreak, you're only human. You're going to just have to deal with heartbreak, with heartache. Just like a boxer in a in a title fight, you got to walk into that ring all alone. You're not the only one who's made mistakes, but they're the only thing that you can truly call your own. Don't forget your second win. Wait in that corner until the breeze blows in. You've been keeping to yourself these days because you're thinking everything's gone wrong. Sometimes you just want to lay down and die. The emotion can be so strong, but hold on till that old second wind wind comes along. You probably want to hear advice from somebody else. But I wouldn't be telling you if I hadn't been there myself. It's all right. It's all right. Sometimes that's all it takes. We're only human. We're supposed to make mistakes. But I survived all those long, lonely days when it seemed that I did not have a friend because all I needed was a little faith so I could catch my breath and face the world again. Don't forget your second wind. Sooner or later, you'll feel that momentum kick in. Don't forget your second wind. Sooner or later, you'll feel that momentum kick in. So before you actually get into the video... Uh, are you are are you familiar with this uh, song at all, Bubbly? 
No, I, I don't think that this did not sound familiar at all. It's possible that I heard it whenever, uh, you know, whenever it was popular, but it's not one of those songs that, that really uh, lasted the test of time. And I, if I had heard it, I haven't heard it since the uh, the late 80s, early 90s or whenever this came out. All right. I mean, that's fair. Again, as as a big Billy Joel fan, so I had all of his albums, including, you know, his uh, his greatest hits. So, you know, I I listened to the song many times. And then, you know, when during this time, that's when uh, videos were starting to become popular. So, I, you know, I I saw the I remember I, I used to have a a uh, video of all of the uh billy joel uh music videos you know so that i was able to watch them because you know you you couldn't uh there's no other way of, of doing it basically <laughs> <laughs> so basically the the idea here is it's about the video shows that it's a uh teenager that is climb, climbs up on a on a bridge getting ready to commit suicide and you know he's he takes out his wallet and is looking at a picture of him and a girl and then we, we see him thinking back about that he was in a, a car crash uh, with the girl. We don't know really what happened with her, you know, at this point. And, you know, as he's getting ready to jump, so Billy Joel shows up as like a guardian angel. Uh, you know, he, he plays his harmonica. Uh, we hear the piano man sound. And what he then <laughs> does is take this character. Yeah, he's, he's the magical on, piano man. That's right. <laughs> and And he takes this character into you know to show him what what life would be like if uh something uh, happened to him and you know he takes him to what would graduation be like if he wasn't there i wasn't i wasn't actually clear on that because i i did you know you sent me the video ahead of time because i asked for it and uh, so i did watch the video myself and and i thought that that was him in most of the uh, like most of the you know, scenes so i i wasn't clear like I, I wasn't sure if this was like a, a what if, like what if he never existed or just showing him points in his life where he made a difference. Because uh, I, I thought that that was like the same character in some of those scenes, like the graduation and the uh, the lifeguard. Yeah. I mean, again, that that that, that is it's it's trying to show, you know, how life would be with, you know, first, that was you're right. First, they show these two scenes where he did save someone. You know, he saved the life of, of the guy in, in the water, and he also, you know, was the Val Victorian or whatever, and never always, he had a lot of friends and stuff like that. But then, you know, he's being shown what, you know, his parents are sitting in their house, and they get a knock on the door, and they go and open the door, and he thinks, and we think it's going to be him on the other side, but in the end, it's policemen telling telling them that he's dead, you know, that uh, he decided that he wasn't going to think. And then we find out that this character's name is George Young. Uh, who was born in 1969 and uh, uh, according to the gravestone uh, uh, committed suicide in 1985. So basically he was only 16 years old at the time uh, when he, when he made this decision. And I mean, basically the, you know, we see then all of his friends uh, standing there, you know, near his grave crying, including the girl, you know, who was in the car with him, which apparently the whole idea is that that nothing happened to her. He just broke up. Uh, she broke up with him. The potential for his future where, you know, he sees what it would have been like if he would have gotten married to her, you know, at their wedding where everyone would be very happy, the two of them together, stuff like that. Again, the the, the whole idea is, is that this guardian angel is, you know, is 
trying to show him uh, that that you know it's not the end of the world. What happened? You you can get back uh, together with your girlfriend. And at the end, he goes and uh, you know knocks on her door and and makes up with her, and uh, the two of them hug. And then you know the the guardian angel throws him uh, his harmonica and he catches it. You know that type of thing. Whatever. I mean, I I I like the way that this this uh, that that this video is is played out. You know, I I I think first of all, I think it fits in very well with the whole idea of, of it's a wonderful life. There's no question about that. That that this idea is most definitely based on it. Um, the the way that this is yeah. There's this, there's this definitely the, the idea. Yeah, there's definitely the idea that there is that he's being shown events in his life, you know, either where important things happened or important things will happen. Uh, Although I I will say that I I don't think that the the direction does a very good job of showing you like where in the timeline, because it's like the they show the car crash. And then they show the graduation. Then they show the him saving um, somebody in in the at the beach. And then they show him dying and his gravestone. And then they show his wedding, which I imagine is like a potential future. But it's like these don't necessarily make sense. Like which of these, if any of them happened in the past, or if these are a potential future, or like where in this timeline of him potentially jumping off the bridge and committing suicide. Like I think it's a combination of both. It's showing him, I think it's showing him two different things. It's showing, okay, what you've done and you know, what will happen if you if you, you know, continue on this path and, and you're no longer here, or also what will happen if you stick around. You know, I think that that's part of what it is. Yeah, but in general, it's a fun, it's a fun video. It's it's a fun '80s video, and you know, it doesn't have to be that deep because the 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 music videos of the '80s were not that deep. Uh, it I think it's it's fun, and it it does, uh, especially with him like on on the bridge does does have that mirror to "It's a Wonderful Life" and the mm-hmm. and Billy Joel playing the kind of the Clarence role. Correct. So here's a, a few little tidbits about the, the the song and the video itself. So first of all, um, as I mentioned, it was on the greatest hit uh, album that came out in 1985, even though it hadn't been on any other album beforehand. It, it peaked at number nine, so it became a top ten hit that year. Billy Joel stated in a, an interview that year that he wrote the song because he himself, as as a teenager, uh, attempted suicide, and that you know decided that this song would be helpful to any teenagers who were dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts. The the uh, title was just simply Second Wind, but the Liberty DeVito, uh, you know, Billy Joel's drummer, uh, mocked it. So he ended up changing it to be You're Only Human. And the any any money that, that Billy Joel made on this song went to the National Committee for Young Youth Suicide Prevention. The, the video was filmed on the 59th Street Bridge. And uh, do you know who Adam Savage is? He's the uh, co-host of uh, MythBusters, so he actually is one of the extras in in the movie. Oh yeah, in yeah. the video. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. All right, great. 
So, uh, Bubba, you want to tell people once again uh, where they can find uh, Bubba? Uh, sure. I mean, uh, like I like I said before, I, I have a lot of different projects going on. And so today, talking music, uh, I think it's only appropriate to talk about my music podcast that I do, which uh, releases every other Friday. It's called Lyrical Innuendo. Uh, me and my co-host Nick Rehack, we discuss a a song and we dig into the lyrics and we decide if the song, like we look into the subtext of the lyrics and we decide if the song is actually about sex, if it's actually about drugs, or if it's about anything else. Like it's just rock and roll, and that's that's a lot of fun. And uh, you know, based on the description, we do tend to get explicit in that one. But uh, we have a lot of fun talking about music of all uh, all decades and genres. Uh, we we try to run the gamuts and uh, talk about a lot of different music. And the uh, the most recent episodes of those come out on Spotify with the music included as a Spotify track. And uh, if you don't listen on Spotify, it comes out a few weeks later. Uh, without the music included on all other podcatchers. All right, great. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Around Minute. You can find me on my website, movieroundminute.com. You can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on Twitter. Bubba, thank you very much for joining me today, and we will be back tomorrow. But until then, hot dog. Hot diggity dog. truly, truly Life with its sorrow, life with its tears.